0: hallelujah what a way to celebrate Christmas hallelujah he says in Matthew chapter 11 he, Jesus said come all that are heavy laden and I will give you rest is just coming to him coming to him releasing the weight of every care releasing the weight of every pressure and receiving his rest in Luke chapter 1 The angels is talking here and he says, and he will be great. It says, and his name shall be called Jesus. He will be great. What does that mean? He will be preeminent, distinguished, surpassing all others in ability, virtue, authority and power. He will be great. Jesus is great. There's no one like Jesus. And the angels declaring from heaven, he shall be great and will be called the son of God, son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. As we celebrate Christmas, we're not celebrating a pagan holiday. I'm celebrating a kingdom that will not end. I'm not celebrating one that came I'm, selling, I'm, not, I'm, I'm celebrating the one that will always be We have something to celebrate today The manger is a picture of the manifestation Of the love of God in the earth And the cross Is a picture of the manifestation And the fulfillment of that love And everything that we have need of Can be found in him Amen Heavenly Father we thank you For all the preparation that you made to bring Jesus into the earth. Thank you for all the preparation that you made in our lives. For our lives to intersect Jesus. And if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. There's only one place to find hope. And that is in Christ. In his sacrifice. In his death and in his resurrection. Receive him today. Receive him today. Father, we come here today to just push aside busyness, push aside everything else. And just give you this moment of this Christmas morning and celebrate all that has taken place for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll give them a shout of praise this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We'll take this time to greet one another, welcome each other, tell them Merry Christmas. Tell them how good it is to see them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. uh... Mm, Thank you, Father. Mm. So good to look around and see smiling faces and experiencing the... There's something about when we come together corporately, just the love of God and... And uh, grateful um, that God's called us to be a part of the same church family. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, as we... Whoa. You turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. He wants that one. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. As I said a moment ago, we're not here to celebrate, just celebrate a pagan holiday. We're here to celebrate what Christ has done. We're celebrating what the Father has done. In Luke chapter 2, there's a lot uh, through the years. Done a lot of Christmas messages through the years, and it's every year the the Lord usually gives me something to focus on, gives me something as I go throughout the season on something for me that illuminates my eyes to things, and and I always like to take those things and and then illuminate it to the church family. Last year we talked about little town of Bethlehem and what that represented, and and um. But here let's pick this up in Luke chapter two. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, and the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You can say good news of great joy. Amen. We, we have great joy today because of great news. It says, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. So this isn't just to one people group. This isn't just to the Jews, but this is to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. You know what? That's God's heart for you. No matter where you are and what you're walking through, what you're facing, God's will towards you is good. He has good will towards you. you might hear goodwill and you think of a thrift store <laughs> but but goodwill but goodwill is God's desire for your life. His no matter what you might look and what you might have heard from religious perspectives in the past, you need to know that the will of God for you is good yes. that God has plans for you and it's a good plan. Yes. Don't, don't, you may say, well, pastor, you don't know what I faced this, this past year. I may not know, but I want you to know the will of God for your life is good. The enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but he came that we might have life and have it in abundance. Goodwill. The Christmas story is about God's goodwill towards all men. Thank you, Father. Goodwill. See, without the Christmas story, we're in darkness. We're here today celebrating the fulfillment of God's word. We're celebrating the fulfillment of God's promises. We're celebrating the fulfillment of prophecies that went long before. Without the Christmas story, we have no hope. Because in all reality, without the Christmas story, you and I were in a a place of hopelessness. In a state of being separated from God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 says. Bible says that before we knew Christ. We were strangers to God. And we had no hope. You see without the Christmas story. We're foreigners to God. We're strangers to God. Strangers to the covenants of promise. And we were in the world. But we had no hope. With the Christmas story. You have hope today. Hopelessness should should not be a part of your life because of the Christmas story. The Christmas story is the fulfillment of God's word and the fulfillment of God's promises. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 30. Actually, verse 29. And this is after they dedicated Jesus in the temple. And this is Simeon declaring something. And he says, Lord... Now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Meaning according to what the will of God. This is according to what the will of God has showed Simeon. Then he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. Now, this is what really stuck out to me throughout this season. I couldn't get away from this verse 31, which you have prepared which you have prepared before the face of all people. Which you have prepared for all people. God does things on purpose. Now think about from the very beginning, from Genesis 3.15, all throughout the Bible, he's constantly making preparations. You know, growing up, um, my mom and dad may be watching, if you are, Merry Christmas. (laughs) But I I know my mom, for the Christmas holidays, would take months in preparation. You know, preparing, as Corey taught us last week, lists. You know, if you were here for the variety show, lots of lists. And this, this preparation that, that everything goes in finding the right gift, finding the right package, finding the right wrapping paper, finding the right bow, finding the right recipe, finding the right ingredients, finding everything in this preparation to lead up to this one central day. But yet, for our Christmas story, all that he prepared for all people. He's a God that prepared things. He prophesied things. He prepared things. He put things in order. Isaiah chapter Isaiah chapter 9. I mean, think of everything that, even in the Christmas story. He prepared Zacharias for John the Baptist. He prepared Mary. He prepared shepherds. He prepared a star. He prepared so many things, but long before that, he prepared prophecies throughout time. In Isaiah chapter 9... Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. You see, if, when you have a child is born, there's preparation time. You have, you have nine months of preparing for something. There's, a, there's For unto us a child is born, meaning there was preparation that had to take place for this child to come. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. We know for, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. But Before that Son could be given, there had to be preparations made. There had to be things aligned. There had to be things taking place. You had to have things that, that were spoken, things that declared, things put in place for the Savior to come. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulder, and his name will be called. His name, this is who he is, this isn't just what you call someone, this isn't just his title. His name shall be called, his name shall be called. Now, when you talk about a name, it's not just what I'm titling someone, but it's also their character, it's also who they are, it's also what they'll do, it's also what they'll accomplish. And his name shall be called. Wonderful counselor, and a lot of translations that will actually separate these two things. But, but in some translations and other things, you look at it actually as one. Wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. Meaning, there's not going to be another leader like this leader. He's a wonderful leader. That's the word counselor here means leader. He's going to be an extraordinary leader. Then it says a mighty God. This is who He is. The word phrase mighty God is actually this. A God that fights for me. Another, another everlasting Father. It's a Father, and it's a, and it's and it's a care. A Father is one that cares, and He is not one that will care yesterday, but He's a Father that will care today and tomorrow. You may not have had a good natural Father, but I want to know in Jesus, you have an everlasting Father. You have one that cared for you before you were born, one that loves you now, and one that will love you forever. You have an everlasting Father. This is who He is, and this is what God prepared. Yeah the word prepared in Luke chapter 2 is actually there's a metaphor when you look up this word prepared and in it, it meaning a metaphor meaning it's a picture it gives us a picture of something and the picture that this would give is someone that goes out on a journey before the king leaves and what this person what this servant does is he gets everything ready for the journey so So if there have been, there have been landslides or if there have been roads that have been broken down or bridges that have fallen, this person goes before and he fixes everything for the king to be able to come and accomplish what he's doing. So when 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 Simeon says that the things that have been prepared for all people, what he's saying is one is coming that's going to get things in order for all people, one that's going to put things in alignment for all people. The Christmas story is the fulfillment of what God has prepared for you and for me. Yes. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Wonderful counselor. Extraordinary leader. Mighty God, one that fights for me. He's an everlasting father, and he's a prince of peace. Meaning he is the author in the distributor of peace that's why Jacob that's why Joseph was the Prince of Egypt why because he was one that distributed he had the authority over all the grain, everything that came in, everything that was prepared in that in that time of plenty. When it came to a time of drought, this, this, this one Joseph that was the second in charge, he was the prince of Egypt. And what happened? They came to him and he distributed what people have need of. Well, we have a prince of peace. Yeah. There's no peace like his peace. There's no power like his power. There's no other leader that has existed on the face of the earth like Jesus. There's been no other teacher like Jesus. No other prophet like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He doesn't run out of what you need. There's no end to it. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward even forever. Now listen to this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What is this? This is prophecy. What is this? This is preparation. Now, hear the heart of the Father that's speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Notice that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is God's passion. This is what gets God enthusiastic. What am I saying? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Meaning this is going to happen because God... Cares for humanity. Yes. The zeal. What drives. What drives the father. His love for you. The Christmas story. It's about what he's prepared. For everyone. Let me close with this. Isaiah 45. He's a God of preparation. You know, he's prepared things for you. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. I, I I want you to know the things he's prepared for you. There's nothing that he hasn't thought about. There's nothing that he's left out. He's a God of preparation. Let's look at verse 17. It says, but Israel shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You should not be ashamed or disgraced forever and ever. I don't have to experience shame and disgrace any longer. Verse 18, for thus says the Lord. Now listen to this. Who created the heavens... Who is God who formed the earth and made it? Who has established it, who did not create it in vain. Think about this. God created everything with a purpose. He created everything with an intention. He established it. He did not create it in vain. Meaning, he, he just didn't throw stars in place or create this for just for no purpose. He, he he's not he does everything with purpose. Now listen to this. Who formed it. He formed it. For what? To be inhabited. Some people in the world today think. We were made for the earth. But the earth was made for us. I mean it's, it's the earth was made for us. We, the only reason it was created in the first place. Was for you. For our enjoyment. With a purpose. Everything he does with a purpose. He says, I'm the Lord and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, Seek me in vain. Meaning, I'm not saying seek me for no purpose. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come draw near together. You who have escaped from the nations. They have no knowledge who carry out the wood of their carved images images and pray to a God that can't save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together who have declared this from the ancient time. Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord and there's no other God beside me and just a just God and a savior. There's none beside me. He's saying I I created I've created the earth for for you to inhabit and he says he goes I want I desire you to seek me not for no purpose I desire you to seek me so I can be with you so I can you can find me and then he goes in and he talks about that these people that create false images and things that they worship that are made of wood or stone he goes they don't have any knowledge He says, and there's no other beside me, a just God and a savior. There's none beside me. He says, look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth for I am God and there's no other. I've sworn by myself. The word has gone out of my mouth and righteousness and shall not return that to me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, surely in the Lord, I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. Verse 25, in the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. Hallelujah. He's made preparation. The Christmas story is all about preparation. The Christmas story is all about preparing a way for us to seek after him. I'm not celebrating a pagan holiday. I'm celebrating the good news towards me. He's a God of preparation. I thought about this as I close. Jesus said in John 14, He goes, I go and I prepare a place for you. I go and I prepare a place for you. And I'll come again and I'll receive you unto myself. I'm so glad that he's constantly thinking about me. I'm thankful that he's constantly thinking about you. There's no one like him. No one. He's amazing. Yes. He's a wonderful counselor. Yes. Yes. He's a mighty God. Yes. He's an everlasting father. Yes. He's the Prince of Peace. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. For all the preparations that you have made available for us. I thank you for all the things that you prepared to bring Jesus into the earth. I thank you, Father, that as their pastor this morning, I thank you that they would understand that they are your workmanship. That in this Christmas season, they would yield themselves over to you. They wouldn't just give part of their lives. They wouldn't just give. Just lip service. But they would draw near with their heart today. Not just today, but as we step into 2023, that they will go all in with their hearts. Realizing and knowing, according to Ephesians 2, that they are your workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we're your workmanship. Lord, I declare over them that their homes today and throughout 2023 will be filled with the peace of God like they've never known before. I declare, Annette and I declare that the blessing of God will continue to rest upon them and make them rich and add no sorrow to it. Yes. Annette and I decree and declare over them that they are healed and whole from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Yes. We declare, Annette and I declare, that they operate from a wisdom that's from above and the wisdom that they receive from you is peaceable. Thank you. We declare over them. That their children and grandchildren are born again, serving the Lord, saved. Annette and I declare, according to Philippians chapter 1, that the love of God is increasing over them more and more. We declare Psalms 115 over them. That the blessing of the Lord. That you are increasing them more and more, them and their children. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all the things that you have prepared that we have walked in and all the things that we're walking in and all the things that we will walk in. Jesus, we celebrate you. Thank you, Jesus, for laying your life down for me. Thank you, Jesus, for despising the shame. going to the cross because you saw us for the joy that was set before you thank you thank you thank you in jesus name amen Amen. i just see and feel in my spirit god's got amazing things prepared for each one of us as we step into this new year the things he's prepared for all men You know, as we're not going to pass a container today, but we will receive the tithes and offerings. So you know the different ways to give, and you actually give that on the way out and into the containers. But from our house, our home to your home, Annette and I say Merry Christmas. We love you, we believe in you. And next, next Sunday we'll be taking communion together as we bring in the new year. Annette and I will be ministering on Wednesday Wednesday evening as well. But other than that, we love you. Merry Christmas. God bless. And go give Him Jesus. Yes.